0: Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills.
1: We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, and welcome to episode 237 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. And today, we're going to be talking about an unusual case presentation. We'll be discussing a gentleman who has neck, shoulder, and scapular pain. We'll go over his history. Talk about the objective and physical findings, go through a couple special tests, and we'll talk about the proposed diagnosis and how we are going to manage that. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: At Medcore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more.
1: Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our
0: certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions.
1: Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at medcorepro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of Medcore,
0: and we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge, harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes. MedBridge delivers over 2000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7000 specialized patient exercises, available whenever you need them, from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription.
1: Welcome back, everyone. So before we get started today, I just wanted to throw this out at you. For those of you who are going to be listening to this when it comes out on May 3rd, 2022, um, we just finished doing a blood flow restriction training course. Dr. Susie Lachowski and myself down at Virginia Tech had a great time down there. And we have uh, two more courses coming up in June of 2022. June 5th, we'll be in South Portland, Maine, uh, giving this course. And then we're also going to be doing Bangor, Maine on June 25th of 2022. I'll have links for blood flow restriction training courses. It's something that is really up and coming. We're using it a lot in our clinic and uh, having great success with it. So um, if you are interested in getting certified in blood flow restriction training, By all means, connect with us and we will get you all set up uh, for a course. Um, You know, sometimes we have these patients who seem to have this classic presentation and because of what they say, it may drive your evaluation down one path. Now, I want to talk you through this gentleman's story, okay, which oftentimes it's not just an evaluation, but you listen to their story and it can really tell you a lot. So I really want you to think outside of the box as we go along today through this story and evaluation of this patient. So here we go. This gentleman is 69 years old. He um, has a very erect posture, a very rigid neck as he walks into the clinic. Very nice gentleman. Uh, he's in good shape. He's a very healthy individual. He eats well. He's a non-smoker. Very, very active around the house. Uh, maybe doesn't exercise a lot, but stays very active. And, and really, everything looks good when he comes in, you know. Um, he tells me that he's been having this progressive increase in neck shoulder pain on the left side and scapular pain, um, and having some difficulty with overhead activities uh, on the left side. So already, I know what you're thinking, okay? Um, This is a very common presentation we've talked about in the past with cervical nerve root compression, and so we could easily go down that path, okay? But let's just kind of uh, listen to this story a little bit more, and then we'll go from there. So he's tried some uh, medications, he's done a little self-care with some self-massage, some heat, some ice and none of that has changed his uh, you know his situation. He saw his PCP, had x-rays done of his neck and found that he had some arthritis, uh, some early degenerative changes at his facet joints. He was referred to physical therapy where he went for about a month and a half to two months with very minimal improvement, and if he improved in anything, he said it was in his ability to rotate his cervical spine from left to right a little bit better when he was done, but continued to have shoulder pain, scapular pain, and cervical spine discomfort. Um, Because of his lack of progress, he had an MRI and was referred to a neurosurgeon. Uh, The neurosurgeon took a look at him and said, you know, this really is a non-surgical situation. You have arthritis in your neck. You don't have a significant amount of nerve root compression, no significant central cord stenosis, no instability of your cervical spine. So really nothing unusual for a 69 year old person. So this patient was referred to me for an evaluation and for instruction on how to use a home traction unit. So I'm kind of intrigued by the challenge, but in a way I also kind of dislike being the last resort in a patient's situation. And I get this a lot. And um, like I said, it can be a little bit stressful because the patient's really depending on you. You know, the the, the provider says, I'm going to I'm going to send you to Paul, and uh, he's going to help direct you and whatnot. And this gentleman has had a lot of stuff done. And uh, so there's a little bit of pressure there. But I do like a challenge and I love cases like this, so uh, I really thrive on it and, uh, and really enjoy them. So um, let's get started. So I asked the patient to point out where his pain is, and he points to um, the left and right side of the posterior cervical spine, so up and down the neck, basically, from the suboccipital region down to about C7 area. He points to the anterior superior aspect of his left shoulder, and he also points to the medial scapular border. And, um, you know, and then Asking him about some of his uh, chief complaints, he states that looking side to side is difficult. He has um, a difficult time reaching overhead, and he feels like there's a muscle spasm-like pain in the medial border of his scapula. He denies any paresthesias. He denies having headaches. He's had no sudden weight loss. He has had no noticeable weakness in uh, in his arms. And he reports no significant mechanism of injury except for that recently, and I say recently, in the last three or four months, was working under his house and there was a crawl space. And uh, he states that, you know, having to get in these awkward positions seemed to aggravate his symptoms and make it worse. So when I look at him... And start to do my objective evaluation, I find that his cervical spine rotation is limited to both sides. So he has about 60 degrees to the right, 40 degrees to the left. With some pretty significant stiffness in the neck, lateral flexion is limited to both sides quite a bit. And flexion and extension are just slightly limited. Now, as far as his shoulder goes, he has about 165 degrees of shoulder flexion actively and passively. I can get him just a little bit further than that, but he does have some impingement when I do that. And abduction of the shoulder is also limited. But internal, external rotation are looking good uh, and um, extension looks good also. So no, you know, nothing real dramatic going on there. So the first thing I start with is a cervical spine clearing with him. So I check his reflexes, C5, C6, C7. That's normal. Check his sensation throughout the upper extremity. That's normal. I do manual muscle testing of his intrinsics, his finger intrinsics. He has a negative okay sign. He has no weakness with wrist extension, wrist flexion, elbow flexion, supination, triceps are all well within normal limits. Uh, His shoulder strength is also uh, within normal limits, but flexion may be a little bit on the weak side. So from there, I jump into some special tests. So I do the cervical spine compression test, which I don't do with everybody, but because I was somewhat suspicious he had something going on in his cervical spine, I started with that. It's pretty gentle, pretty easy, and that was negative. I did a Spurling's test with him, and he had... No radiculopathy down the arm, but did have localized pain in his facets. He's like, "Yeah, that hurts," but it was really local to the facets, which would make sense because his, arthrit- his, his MRI and his X-ray both showed arthritis in his facet joints. So I would expect that. Um, I did an empty can test to his shoulder, and he had uh, good resistance, and that was negative. He had a negative speeds test. Uh, you know, because he had anterior shoulder discomfort, proximal anterior shoulder discomfort. I checked uh, his proximal biceps the speeds; looked good. Um, he had a positive Neer's test and a positive Hawking Kennedy test for impingement of the shoulder. And so, you know, I, I kind of looked at that and then I decided, well, we'll take a shirt off. We'll take a look at his scapular motion while he lifts his arms and elevates and lo and behold. He had some pretty significant scapular winging on the left side. So I, uh, placed his shoulder in 90 degrees of flexion with his wrist extended. So almost like that position where you say stop to somebody directly in front of you. And I pushed on his hand almost like, and, and tested his serratus and noticed that he, he was winging quite a bit on that left side. Um, then what I do when I'm suspicious of scapular winging, and if they are a contributor to shoulder pain or shoulder weakness, I stabilize that scapula, I kind of put it up against the thoracic cage, and then I asked them to elevate the arm again. And when I did, he said, wow, that feels better. And I feel stronger, like I can get my arm up better. And so that's pretty diagnostic for um, the shoulder, because if the scapula is not sitting in the right place, your glenohumeral joint is going to impinge more and become mechanically less efficient. So that is a great little way to test if the scapular winging is contributing to the shoulder pain. So now, what do we have? We have a clear cervical spine. We have signs and symptoms of shoulder impingement. He has a stiff neck, and he has a winging scapula. So as I come around the patient, I'm coming around his left side. I re-examine his posture and everything. And I take a look at his neck to find that there's what appears to be a little thickening around the left side of his neck, um, anterior to the upper traps, but maybe a little posterior to the scalenes. And I asked him, I said, have you ever had an injury to your left side of your neck? And he looked at me with this very stunned look on his face and he says, how did you know that? And I said, I don't know, but there's just something that doesn't quite look right about your neck. It just seems a little bit thicker on the left side than it does on the right side. Could be from overuse on that side if, you know, if he's holding things a certain way or whatnot. And he said, well, let, here's my story. He said, and you're not going to believe me, but um, about five years ago, I was laying there and I have a little dog and my dog uh, came up to me and licked the left side of my neck several times. And he said, that was really, really strange. But he did this several days. And every time we'd come over and lick my neck, um, which was really kind of weird. And then one day the dog scratched him, like pawed at his neck a little bit, and he made a little scratch. Well, that scratch never healed. So he went to see his, uh, his uh, physician. They referred him to a dermatologist. The dermatologist took a sample of the tissue to find that he had cancer in the left side of his neck. So. And I've heard this before where animals can detect certain diseases in people. And um, so kind of an interesting story that kind of confirms things that I've heard in the past. So they they do a biopsy. They find out that he has cancer and uh, they finally they remove that cancer on that side um, and I asked him, I said, after you recovered from that, did you ever have problems with your shoulder blade? And he started thinking and he said, you know, there were several occasions where I felt like my shoulder blade was out of place, like I had to physically put it in place and to keep it there so I could move my arm better. And he said, now that you say that, this is all kind of piecing together on when this all kind of started. And he said, I really never thought there was a relation to it because I don't have pain in the side of my neck. Um... So following this, I then tried some median nerve gliding with him to find that he had about half of the motion on the left side that he had on the right side. So he had a really um, intense, you know, shocking discomfort down his arm when I had him depress the shoulder and extend the hand and abduct the shoulder away from his body. And so, you know, we're looking at some sort of a nerve gliding issue and compression, maybe it's scarring down. But it was obvious that the side of his neck where he had had the surgery, and I really couldn't see the incision because it was kind of in a crease of his neck. And so um, so I think that, you know, that is something that we definitely need to look at. So what is our diagnosis now? And how are we going to treat this gentleman? So I, I really... Um, have not started treating him. This was uh, an evaluation I got this week and I was so excited about it. I thought I would uh, let you folks know about it. So obviously he has some neck arthritis. Okay. People with neck arthritis do really well with passive cervical spine rotation, some moist heat modalities, soft tissue mobilization around the neck. But really, if you gain rotation with neck arthritis, they generally get better and the other motions start to come back like flexion extension and lateral flexion. Now, he also has shoulder impingement, but I think this is secondary to his scapular winging. So I think we need to look at um, you know, the scapula, and then kind of work on the shoulder impingement. And then lastly, I, I think he has neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome, um, which either he had damage to the nerve during surgery, or he's developed some scar tissue formation and spasm around the nerve that is causing him to have this winging scapula and, and all of this, uh, this conglomeration of business on the back of his shoulder and, and uh, scapula and shoulder that cause him this discomfort. So, what would I do? Well, number one, I would start with some soft tissue mobility to the neck, the left side of the neck, posterior cervical spine region. I would not do traction on this patient because we just did a little bit of traction with with the nerve gliding and that kind of lit him up. And I think if we take a traction unit that comes around his neck and compresses that long thoracic nerve area, I think we could cause some more problems. So we're going to hold off on that traction for now, but we may be able to traction manually and may do some inhibitive uh, distraction or even some suboccipital release. I think that'll be very helpful. I think we need to jump into some very gentle neural mobility, start some nerve gliding exercises to see if we can get that nerve moving a little bit better. Um, And then with that being said, I want to really turn on the serratus anterior, see if we can get this thing reactivated. We might use NMES. We might do, I like to do McConnell taping to hold that scapula down a little bit because I was able to manually hold it down and he did better with his shoulder. I think that taping it down can make him functional while he's exercising. And if that seems to work, then you could always jump into a, like a scapular stabilization type shirt, um, which there are out there. And this gentleman is a, a fairly, you know, mesomorphic, uh, stature. And so they do well with these types of shirts. I then am going to Uh, optimize the rotator cuff strength, especially while doing scapular stabilization exercises, maybe while the stimulation is on, maybe while he's taped or has a shirt, uh, a compression shirt. And, um, you know, and then I'll start into some weight bearing activities because we want that scapula and those surrounding scapular muscles to start activating. So you can really get creative here. The idea is, You know, improve myofascial mobility and strength around the scapula so he doesn't have this spasming and trigger point type feeling and then avoid excessive impingement, but optimize his rotator cuff and mobility so that he can work overhead a little bit better. Um, You know, should he not get better? I might then recommend that he see a specialist who can, uh, is really skilled at uh, doing EMGs. You know, it's, it's, it's not... We may not have anything to go with. And if he does have some long thoracic nerve damage, uh, it's been five years. It may never come around. So I gave him that expectation. We treat this conservatively with a whole different direction. And then, um, if we're not better, we can get the EMG. Maybe he has some simple compression to that nerve that is causing him this trouble. Um, so that can help to identify this to really isolate uh, that long thoracic nerve. And, uh, then we go from there. Um, so I think number one, listening to the patient's story is very important thinking outside the box. Um, and then, you know, if, if the patient doesn't get better you know where do you go from there so i hope you enjoyed today's show i know it was kind of different uh, than what we typically do if you liked that kind of format about complicated cases and uh, how do you evaluate them and where to go from there please let me know S- shoot me an email um, i have tons of content like this i've seen many other very complicated cases that look like something but they're actually something else um Be sure to check out our new videos on YouTube. We're putting up a lot of content uh, now and um, having some really good response with that. Be sure to catch me on Instagram where I give a lot of short tips and tricks to to evaluating and even showing you demonstrations on little activities that maybe you never thought of before. And again, as always, folks, be good to each other and take care.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com.